Hello, Podcasters, and welcome to episode 67. In this episode, we sit down and we talk a little bit about the local Brews Local Groove show that happened at the House of Blues in Anaheim not too long ago. I also get on the phone with our buddy VJ and Dan to talk about what their experiences were like uh, at the event as well. We talk a little bit more about some of the closures that are going to be happening along the rivers of America and how the construction of Star Wars land beginning next January is going to affect that area. Finally, we talk a little bit more about the American Experience documentary about Walt Disney. If you ended up watching that documentary, we'd love to hear what your thoughts were. Please leave a comment in the section of the blog post. You can head over to podcasters.com slash episode 67. You can also head over to Facebook and find us there. We're facebook.com slash Join the conversation. Look for the episode post and uh, see what others have to say as well. You can also find us on Instagram. We're at Podcateers. You can also continue the conversation there. We'd love to hear what all of your thoughts were about this documentary. I want to take this opportunity also to thank our sponsor for this episode. It's Audible.com. Audible.com is the leading provider in audiobooks. And if you would like to try Audible and get your free audiobook, you can do so by heading to audibletrial.com slash While you are there, you can find all the details that you need in order to set up an account, free 30-day trial, download one free audiobook, give it a try. It's awesome. I love Audible. I've been using it for years now. I, I use it when uh, I'm outside just relaxing. I use it when I'm inside just relaxing. I use it when I'm in the car, just relaxing. I use it when I'm, I can't tell you much more than that, but I use it when I'm relaxing and not relaxing and it works. It's awesome. I've been a fan of Audible for years and I know that if you use it, I think you'll become a fan of Audible too. So again, head over to audibletrial.com slash for your free audiobook. All right, that is going to be it for this intro. We're going to head right into the episode. Hope you guys all have an awesome week. This is episode 67 of Podcateers. This is our podcast. It's about three guys that love Disney, technology, art, and food. This is Podcateers. I can't believe you guys want to go to Griffin. Did you win one? Did we? Dude, did we? Uh-uh. Not, not for the one we did. No, you uh-huh. want it for the one you broke all the rules in. I, I want it for all the. <laughs> yes, I want it for the one that I broke all the rules in. Which is the twenty-minute one that That's we the one. did. That's it. Then I didn't get anything. That was. Oh, you didn't get it. For I didn't get anything. Wait, maybe that was. I bent my wookie. It was for. Yeah, you got it for bent your wookie. Yeah. I bent my wookie. For the twenty-minute one. We were maybe half an hour late to the premiere. Well, then that's yes. what you guys get. That that was the thing. I remember. You're just gonna drink from the bottle. Yeah. Why not? Oh, okay, that's fine. So we were. Is that, uh, is that Happy's? No, it's not. Oh, there. That's okay. No. All right, that's good. Thank you. We were we were half an hour late because I was in the middle of rendering the final video, and the first time that we were rendering it. The computer crashed. I was going to say, we had many, actually, he had many technical problems. That week, I had, like, a bunch of technical problems. I remember at one point, like, the memory fried. At one point, we ended up having to get a new motherboard because the computer just died completely. He was freaking out. I was. And 
all everyone that was in the film, we just jammed over to his house. I remember being there. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, there's something wrong. I can't get it to work. And the computer's doing this and blah, blah, blah. I can't. He's like, I think we're just going to have to, you know, accept the fact we're not going to make it. Because the, the, the actual premiere to all these films were going to start like in 15 minutes. Yeah. And your house was 20 minutes away from the school. And we were, what, half an hour late maybe? The class was a three-hour class. And we ended up showing up in the middle of hour two. So we were more than half an hour late. Mm. Because most of the films all had the already films been shown. All the films were shown. That's right. Yeah, most of the films had already been shown. That's right. That I think there was five, maybe six of them that, that we had to watch. And we ended up watching two full ones and half of one that we walked in on. And at the end, I remember uh, our our professor at the time, Don, said, "Yeah, okay, well, you know, we'll we'll let you play it, but you're gonna be out of contention. disqualified. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna be disqualified because you didn't turn it in on time." And we tried to explain all the problems that we were having and everything. And he didn't want to hear it. Yeah, he's like, "Well, you know, that's that's the way life works, and it was what it was." But it, I mean, we still finished it. It was still fun. You know, I remember having problems with my final project too. Really? It was like. Honestly, I can break this down to like one of three situations. We either have the worst luck in the world, we have terrible machines to render this stuff on, mm-hmm. or we're just procrastinators. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I can vouch for the fact that we did not procrastinate. We because, just did too much. Yeah, we, yeah, you we just, over- <laughs> it, it's not that we procrastinated, we kind of bit off more than we can chew trying yeah. to do the project. So why did you? <laughs> Because we wanted we to stick be awesome. to the guidelines. Yeah. No, uh, I'm sticking to what Hazen just said. We wanted it to be awesome and memorable. Funny was the number one thing, I think. I'm trying to remember. It may have actually been Wookiee that we won the, the Golden Griffin for because yeah. the one that I remember having the most trouble with was when we tried to duplicate bullet time. Yes. But that wasn't during that one. No, that was the year before. Yeah, that was the 20-minute video, wasn't it? That was well. We we try to chew off like really long videos both years. Like Wookie ended up being, actually, I think Wookie was under five or six minutes. Well, Wookie was the black and white vaudeville, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a gorilla suit. Yeah, and... yeah, and me in an amazing blonde wig. And Lefty <clears throat> wasn't he the girl? No, that was me. That was you? Yeah, that was me. How come I don't remember that? Yeah, it was it was awesome. That's funny. I think maybe the bullet time one was the one that we ended up fully getting disqualified for. Man, it's all just like yeah. smashing into my head right now. Because in the 20-minute the one, the first clip was we're trying to do some sort of scary movie. Yeah, thing? that yes. was the Scream one. Because Yeah, you guys mixed a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I think your story was uh, The Matrix. Yeah. And then I think was mine uh thriller, wasn't it? Yes, when we tried to do the yeah. thriller dance in the middle of the street. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, I remember man, that. That was fun time. I remember uh, that. Yeah. Huh. Here I'm asking a question and I hope the answer is no. Do you still have it? I don't know. I doubt it. <laughs> Cuz uh, I hate to say this, but how about throwing it up on the YouTube channel? I would love to if I could find them. Yeah. The problem is that most of that stuff we filmed on mini DVs. Yes. Yeah, it's like really old. And I 
don't know if I still have those tapes. Please, please, please find it. it, it I'm gonna try. I I want to see it for me. I'm not talking about posting it on on. Oh, if on I YouTube. find it, I'm gonna post no, it. No, no. If I find it, I'm gonna no, post it. No, no, because you know what I remember now. Huh? I was wearing this skin tight white shirt that I do not want anyone to see me in. Why would you remember that? Because I remember in the first in the first scene of the the film. I'm running from a monster or something, and I go, ah, ah yeah. <laughs> and you okay, see, it was, it was pretty bizarre. Oh, my. Yeah. The whole thing was pretty bizarre because we tried to take like five different vignettes and try to make them all into one movie. I remember that. Which is how the thriller came yeah, to be yeah. and how. I ended up trying to do a face kick in bullet time to the scream guy, and it was what? insane. What was that scene where someone went like to the lower level, and I was shaking, and, and you were yeah, theater? like freaking out? I, I don't even. <laughs> what remember. was that a parody of? I don't know. I don't know. I think we just saw the the stairs. Like, hey, that'd be cool. Let's film down there. It's like, have you? Oh, you were in the fetal position. Yeah. In the yeah. Corner. Yeah. 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 I don't know, man. You know what? I really do want to try to find all this footage. Like I said, I don't know if I still have all the mini DVs for that. Yeah. I have an idea where they might be. Mm. If I find them, I'll I'll see what I can do about putting it up on the YouTube channel. No, 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 no. I'm no, not no. going to promise it, obviously, no, because yeah. I, I don't even know if the footage is any good because it's been at least, what, eight, nine years now? More. Yeah. More. Yeah. More. <laughs> So has it? Yes. Actually, so yeah, much it's been, more. It's been way longer wow. than that. So uh, if the, you know, you have to conserve those tapes. You can't just leave them anywhere right. or else they're going to get damaged. If it was in the boxes that got damaged uh, when the roof was leaking in our garage before we fixed the uh. roof. That's what I'm worried about because oh, there was a lot so. of stuff. I hope not. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I actually really want to find it so we can post it. Oh man, I Dude, hope those it's were ruined. Fun times, man. Yeah, that, loved that, it. that was fantastic. Oh, oh man, sucks getting old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you know what? We're doing bigger and better things. <laughs> no, nothing. Where's that guys? sarcastic bell, dude? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Where's the sarcasm <laughs> bell? <laughs> ding, ding. <laughs> Oh, uh, man, what a week. Interesting week indeed. I heard you guys went to another uh, beer festival. Oh, you we heard? Did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry you couldn't make it. I know. I'm I not. think you would have liked it, actually. Of course you're sorry I wouldn't make it. You didn't invite me. We did invite you. <laughs> yeah, you we did. You had to work. Yeah, I did. I Come did. on. <laughs> it was actually really fun. I got to say that this is our second one. Uh, it's held at the House of Blues in Anaheim at Downtown Disney. And I have to say that I really enjoyed this one so much more than the first one. I did, too. And I think a lot of it... I wrote the blog post for this a few days ago, and it's up at, at podcasters.com slash blog if you guys want to check it out. There's a couple pictures and stuff like that. But this one, it seems like they capped the capacity of how That's many right. people were allowed to get in. And it seemed like maybe three quarters of how many were in the last time. It felt so much better because there was like breathing room and there was elbow space last time i felt like we were in line and we had to hurry to get up and talk to the breweries and quickly get our our little beer shots and stuff like that it was it, chaotic the first it time. was well maybe you guys also didn't know what you were doing then <laughs> no i mean it no. was insanely packed it I was mean, packed i mean you couldn't like we walk couldn't move yeah without bumping into at least four people at once wow yeah it was bad, but this time I don't know what they did, but they did it right. 
it was much less people. Now, this was an inside and outside event, right? There was some breweries that were inside. They had a couple of food vendors inside. So they have some major sections as part of the House of Blues. And they have this section or an area called Crossroads, the Rose Terrace, uh, Bourbon Street, the actual music hall itself, and the courtyard patio. Mm -hmm. So the Crossroads is actually on the inside, right in front of the bar mm -hmm. on the first floor. And then they have the Rose Terrace, which is the second floor, like the little outdoor area next to the second bar. So the first part, we, that's where we got the chicken, right? That's where they had the chicken and yeah. they had the fish and chips and stuff yeah. like that. And then uh, upstairs was where Left Coast and Angel City and stuff like oh, that, that was. Oh, that cider we tried. That was inside. That was actually inside the music hall, oh, but yeah, upstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then inside the music hall on the bottom, like in the first floor, they, mm -hmm. they actually had like three other, like Pizza Port was there. The brewery was there. And then they had tater like tots. the tater tots yeah. and, and some of these other foods there too. Javier, you seem to be remembering the foods a lot more than the beers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, I was some of them hungry were good. that day. Some of them were really good. That yeah, was good. Uh, and then they had the courtyard patio, which is where Barley Forge and Modern Times and Lightning were and then I think uh, I think Hazen went to modern times a couple times I did yeah well I'm, I'm a huge fan of modern times yeah. right so uh, I know today we're not having modern times but what are we having by the way today we are having Rocco Red by Bootleggers that's it's insanely good right it's, it's really good really delicious I had never had it until uh, our buddy Alex actually brought oh, a bottle really? over to the house nice. maybe like a month or two ago mm-hmm and I had gone to the store again, and I saw it, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to get one of these. And the reason I got it was I knew that you would like it, Mario. Yep. It's, it's hoppy, but not like an intense yeah. hoppy taste. Yeah, exactly. And it's really crisp. And yeah. I knew, like, as soon as I tasted it the first time, I was like, oh, man, my brother's going to love this. Well, it's also heavy on the caramels, too, which I really like. I think it tasted like uh, some sort of raspberry soda. A little bit. It yeah. does taste a little fruity after a bit. Yeah. After it was a couple good. tastes, it, it does really taste like good. that. But yeah, man, uh, the five different areas had some really great breweries. We did start off going to Barley Forge and Modern Times. Barley Forge, man, they had this really great beer. Uh, it was an Orchata Wit beer that I really, really enjoyed. <laughs> huh? No, I'm just laughing. Why? Because of the Wit? Yeah. That's how you say it. <laughs> that is how you say it. <laughs> I, I but, believe you. It was, it was a beer called Don Perfecto. Oh. And let me tell you, it was really spicy. Not like chili spicy, yeah, like heavy but on like the, cinnamon yeah, spicy. Yeah, heavy cinnamon. And that was fantastic. Really? They also had another one called the Patsy, which was a coconut rice stout. That one, man, I absolutely loved it. I would have skipped that one. You totally would have, but I <laughs> Why? loved it. Because I'm allergic to coconut. Oh, I keep forgetting. Our listeners know that more than you. <laughs> <laughs> From there, uh, we ended up uh, hopping over to Modern Times. And Modern Times had a couple things uh, that are very familiar, actually. When we got there, the first thing that they had was the Grapefruit Fortunate Island. Mm. Oh. That one was so good. That it sounds was amazing. Really clean. It was really grapefruity. You could really feel that grapefruit undertone. Fantastic. And I think the other one that they had was the Blazing World. Uh, they did have several different, all the breweries that were there. Uh, they start with two different flavors. And the way that it works, you go around, you have a bracelet that you purchase, and it's got these little tabs on it. Mm -hmm. And it has five tabs. Now, I will say that um, we got in 
uh, with photo passes, uh, we were able to take some photographs and, you know, talk about the event. So first of all, before we even continue, I want to thank the House of Blues for allowing us to be a part of this event again. It was absolutely fun to be there. Uh, I know that like we were saying a little bit ago, it was one of the more fun experiences that we've had at one of these events. So thank you so much for that uh, opportunity again. So the way that it works is you walk around with one of these bracelets and it's got five tabs. You go up, you give them one of your tabs and they give you a shot of beer. The food was kind of the same way, but you had to turn in either two tabs or three tabs. Yeah. So the that, equivalent that of took each my tab, beer away. Yeah. When you had to buy a new bracelet, it was $15 per bracelet. For five more tabs. Yeah, for five more tabs. So it was literally $3 per tab. Right. The breweries have two beers that you're sampling. After they're done, they re-tap and they have either two more. Sometimes they have a third. And in some cases, if you're really lucky and they're experimenting, which happens more with the milk stouts, they put it on nitro. And those are the ones I generally tend to look out for because it's just... You know, you wouldn't think that nitro makes a difference in your beer, but it does. Oh, yeah, it totally it does. So makes a Absolutely. difference. What changes? I don't get it. So when you generally uh, uh, make the beer, they add like CO2. and That pushes the beer out. Right. But if you do it on nitro, mm -hmm. the nitro faster. No, it makes it creamier. It fluffs it, it up. It, if yeah, it kind of fluffs it up almost yeah. like, and it does really make it a smoother drink. And in some cases, the smell changes, like mm. the aromas of everything change, and it gives you a different experience. Like you can have the same beer with CO two and with the nitro, and it's almost like you're drinking two different beers. Oh wow! All right, then can we jump to my favorite beer? You asked for the blood orange, didn't you? <laughs> they didn't, <laughs> didn't have, have it. Have it. Oh, of course they didn't. Oh, I, I would have been there all day. But I think I know where he's going with this because... I think I saw it on the YouTube video. I think so. Okay. Is that a cinnamon? Yes. Roast? Does it, <laughs> yeah. It does it. Uh, last name, is it Crunch? Yes. That's the one. Dude, I was insane. Please tell me how cinnamon roast crunch tasted. <laughs> no joke. Like breakfast. No joke. <laughs> it did. Like, if you could have beer for breakfast, this is the one you that would is want. It. I'm gonna. That is it. Not that we endorse having beer for breakfast, <laughs> but if you want a beer for breakfast, this, this would is be it. it. This is it. Please be responsible. 21 and over. Uh, it No joke. It actually tasted like Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but in beer format. Really? It was fantastic. They Dude. nailed it. Yes. Noble did such a great job with this beer. We asked them after if they were going to bottle it. I don't remember exactly what he said right now. I'd have to watch the video again. But he mentioned something about, well, you know, sometimes we bottle these special things, but only if people want them. And we're like, yeah. we want it. He's all yeah. like, really? I was like, we want yeah. it. He's like, okay. <laughs> but I don't know if that was like an okay because it was kind of like a, yeah, we're bottling it for Christmas type thing. Mm -hmm. Or if that was a, okay, I'll throw your suggestion out there type thing. <laughs> hmm. But I, I almost want to call them this week and ask them, hey, so uh, what's the deal with the Cinnamon Roast Crunch stuff? All right. You know how we need food to survive right? and water? I need this beer. You guys make this sound really amazing. It better be it worth it. It is amazing. It's it is. one of the best milk stouts I've ever it, had. Yeah. Okay, so to everyone listening, we need to call this brewery. We need to tell them to bottle it because I need to taste it. Noble Ale Works, man. That's who actually made Cinnamon Roast Crunch. Did they use the nitro? Because it was fantastic. I don't even know. Yeah, because I didn't ask. I, I didn't even ask either. Uh -huh. I was just so excited because we saw the sign that said yeah, Cinnamon Roast Just the crunch. name itself. I was like, and mm, I went I want nuts. Some. I'm like, I need this. Yeah. They also had uh, the Nelson Showers, 
And that was really good, too. That was a double IPA. And oh, beautiful. it was so fantastic. Beautiful. I'm telling you, we the, the hardest part about being at a show like this is trying to pick and choose what it is you're going to drink. I thought you were going to say to control yourself. Well, that too, because you can keep buying these fifteen dollars yeah, uh, and it adds up, and it does add up after yeah. a while. Three dollars for a little cup like that—it's yeah. a little steep. Yes, but when you think about when you go to a brewery and you pay twelve bucks for a flight and you get to sample all mm-hmm. the different beers, it's about that price. Sure, you know. So there's a little bit of inflation because it's that type of. Well, event what did you say like the, the price was? It's approximately three bucks per tab. So every shot of beer or every little tab on the bracelet was approximately three dollars. That makes sense. The yeah. cups, the cups are about what? Um, I want to say five ounces each. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. They were probably three to four. Do you think so? Yeah, they were they look really like, small. Mm. At, at most, they were four, but I want to say they were about three ounces. All right. Yeah. So they were tiny. No, it sounds about right. Have you guys ever done the test flight at Hangar? No. I've never actually been to. I've hanger. never been to hangar either. Yeah, the I test mean, flight sounds about the same price. Okay. Yeah, it's about eighteen bucks, right, for their flight? Uh, about twenty-five. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, oh, I thought wow. it was like eighteen bucks, but that's normally what you would pay because mm. you're sampling five to you know ten beers depending on where you go, and they're normally about two to three bucks a piece. Yep. Now you do get more beer when you get those sample flights at other places, but then sure. again, that's also because they have them on tap, and they're not trying to ration out what they're what they have. For this big event of, you know, five or six hundred people at a time, the whole trying to figure out what we were going to try was the hardest part, because I know Modern Times had four different selections and I wanted to go back when they retapped and we didn't get a chance to go. Uh, Ritual had some stuff I wanted to try. Valiant had some stuff. Pizza Port was there. Yeah. <laughs> and they had something called bacon and eggs that I really wanted to try. What? It's an imperial coffee porter. Now that's breakfast. Yeah, it may be, actually. <laughs> And I really wanted to try that, and I didn't get a chance to. I didn't. I didn't even know that's what they had. Because I didn't know when they tapped it. And then we started walking around. Mm. We started eating, and we started just going to the different uh, places. Because when we went to that area, it was, wasn't it near at the end of our day? Yes. Yeah, and that, that's when we're like, we're hungry. Let's eat. Yeah, because I know Bottle Logic, I think, actually had something called Electric Current that I really wanted to try. Mm. And again, didn't go there. You know, the surprise for me that evening was Crispin. Remind me. The ciders. Yes. Okay, so yeah. I'm not a huge cider person. I've had all the flavors that Ace has, and this right. is not a knock on Ace at all. Let me just make that clear. No, they Ace is fantastic. That's really good. Me, personally, I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. Of all the ones that I tasted that Ace made or makes or made, I don't know if it was limited, was the pineapple one. Right. That's the only Ace cider that I thought, like, man, I could just drink this, like, juice. Yeah. I, mean, I, thought, I thought the other stuff was fantastic, too, though. Like, it just wasn't apple, for me. Have you really tried good. the pineapple one? Yeah. It oh, was yeah. really good. I had it at the Orange County Fair. Mm-hmm. It was, like, the first time, like, I had had it. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Did yeah. they, ha- did they uh, tap it? was on it? tap. It was yeah. on tap. Yeah. It's so good on tap. It is. It's good. And I've had it on tap and in a bottle, and the tap one just tastes so much better. All right. So what was That's there, the though, when we went, went and tried for, the ciders? For Crispin? Crispin was the only cider company there. That's the one that had... They had like an, the, the regular apple. They had the... No, Blackberry. The, the Blackberry, and they oh, had the pear. Dude, Blackberry? Mm-hmm. Insane. Really? Yeah. I loved it. The really cool thing about Crispin, though, 
was one it's got a really great flavor it, it literally does taste like juice that's mm-hmm. the that's the kind of dangerous part about it <laughs> but the person that was representing crispin shout out to donnie you know, oh he was, yo, he, he was so cool he, he hooked us up man he actually saved us a drink of two special versions one of them was was called venus rains it was actually aged in a red wine cask. Mm. They also had another one that was aged in a rum cask. Ah. That one was fantastic also. And for ciders, it just, man, it brought it up like it five did. notches. Here's the cool part, Mario. These bottles weren't even out yet when we went the first time to try it. Really? And he came to us and said, guys, I like you guys. You guys are cool. Come back at seven. I'm going to pull out some special bottles. Yes. We're like, oh, really? He's like, yeah, yeah. Just come back at seven. Trust me. I'll save you guys a bottle or two. It's like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, we didn't get back to like 730. Well, the wow. problem is that we started standing in lines for other stuff. Yeah. And we started trying to sample some of the food. But the lines for the food by that point were starting to get longer because more people were starting to eat to balance off the booze that they were oh, trying that's out. Right. So we stood in the line for the loaded mac and cheese. Yes. Oh, uh, my God. Was, was that good? It was amazing. It melted in your Loaded mouth. Loaded mac and cheese. I don't Chives, even... Chives, bacon, pico de gallo. Whoa. It was fantastic. I don't even like mac and cheese in this thing. I would eat again. Wow. I love it mac was and delicious. cheese. But now I want to make this mac and cheese. <laughs> so we stood in the line for the mac and cheese, uh, and we were there with our buddy VJ from oh, Disney right. Two. He's the one that actually reminded us. He's like, uh, guys, are we going back to the cider, dude? Yeah. <laughs> After we started eating, he's like, hey, it's 7.30. Are we going back to the cider guy? I was like... Oh yeah! I hope he didn't. You guys uh, you know, are terrible. Oh, I was, you know, I was, con- yeah, I was convinced. Uh, where, all the models were gone. Me too. That's I where was... you saw three other people in the distance <laughs> drink. <laughs> so we went up there. I know it's true. So we go up there. Luckily, we're distinctive he's... looking. Yeah, he, he totally recognized. He looked at us. He's like, "Hey guys, the I'm glad you guys are back." At that moment, he's like, "I saved the last part of this bottle for you guys." The last part. It's like, whoa. Well, he had already started sampling it to other yeah. people. I think he just couldn't wait. Right. You know. Well, yeah, he did say seven. He, he said was seven. Telling other to be people, fair, you guys are terrible. So he pulled it out of uh, a bucket of ice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So he actually saved us some. So Donnie, thank you so much. That was awesome. It was fantastic. Yeah. I, I really, really enjoyed that stuff. Uh, again, can we say we filmed it? Of course, it's gonna go on the YouTube channel. It's yeah, gonna go on the next vlog. So that's gonna be, be able part to two. It. That's gonna be part two of the vlog, actually. Oh, beautiful! Because we did put up a video on the YouTube channel, yes. which was kind of a um, just a here's what happened in mm-hmm. two minutes or less. It was more like two and a half minutes, but. Our part two is going to be the more extended version of the vlog where we actually talk to a few of the breweries. They tell us what they had. We sample some of them on camera. And it was, man, it was really fun. It was magical. It, you it think it had anything magical. to do that it was near Disneyland? It always is magical <laughs> near Disneyland. Uh, halfway through the night, when we were at Crispin, actually, uh, Dan, our buddy Dan from Mouse Brew, actually showed up. Cool. He had been there longer than we had. I got stuck in traffic, so we ended up showing up a little late. Yeah. Javier had been there waiting for me, and then uh, VJ had been there. I walked for a around bit. downtown Disney. It was yeah. cool. Nice. So Dan actually walked in earlier than we did, and then uh, we just met up. He actually found us when we were at Crispin. He pops into one of the videos right in the middle oh, of the nice. sampling, which is really cool. Hey, guys. Sorry for the quick interruption. We recorded this episode really, really late, and because of that, we were not able to give our buddy Dan or our buddy VJ a call. 
But I wanted to make sure that their thoughts were incorporated into this episode. So what I went ahead and did was I gave them a call uh, a couple days later, and I recorded their thoughts for us to incorporate into this episode. So what I want to do is I want to go ahead and I want to play my conversation with Vijay about the event. These are his thoughts being a first-timer to the Local Brews Local Groove Show and some of the things that he saw, some of the things that he liked, and so on. So here we go with my conversation with Vijay. All right, guys, with me on the phone right now is our buddy Vijay from Disney for Two. Vijay, what's up, man? What's going on, man? Hey, so you went to the Local Brews Local Groove show with us. This was your first time there. What did you think yeah, of the was. event, and what did you like about it? Oh, I thought it was cool. Um, it kind of reminded me of when I would go to San Francisco to uh, – they have like a food truck um, – thing called that what's it called uh off the grid um so they have like a bunch of food trucks you know displaying like uh all the different foods that they have but then they also have a bunch of breweries around the city that uh you could try out as well so it kind of reminded me of that but i'm glad you got to just buy one wristband versus trying to pay for something at each counter or uh each booth i should say so that was kind of cool. I liked the wristband thing where everything equaled out to like $3 each for each tab. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was cool just seeing all the different breweries that are local from here down to San Diego and uh, trying them all with you guys was fun. From what I know about you, you're more of a foodie, you know, than, than a beer drinker. Uh, what did you think yeah. about the food selections that they had at the event? Uh, that mac and cheese. Uh, it was so good. So good, um, right? <laughs> so, yeah, it was kind of like a build-your-own mac and cheese. So you had bacon, you had jalapenos, pico de gallo, so you got to build your own mac and cheese. And it was that was one of the best mac and cheeses I've had in a while. For a $9 mac and cheese, it wasn't that bad. I wasn't complaining. Most of the meals that are inside of Disneyland or California Adventure are pretty expensive. So in comparison, 9 bucks for – it was a pretty good portion too. I'm not even going to say that yeah. they they killed us on the portion. It was a really hefty portion. So I have to agree, man. 9 bucks for that was pretty good. Yeah, and there was three of us splitting it. So for all of us to split that, I thought it was a good deal. Yeah, what would you think of the of the chicken? The chicken. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of uh, chicken adobo. So if you're a Filipino or if you've had Filipino food, has like uh, all the different flavors like adobo has. So I thought it was really good. And I love that this, um, how they served it in a beer can without the top. So that, <laughs> it, that it, was a good selling point for me. I remember when we were walking downstairs from uh, uh, Crispin Booth, there was somebody walking up with a can, a beer can of chicken. <laughs> and we all went, where'd you get that chicken? Yeah. <laughs> and but it we ended up finding so it. So. As far as the beers were concerned, I know that there was at least, you know, uh, several booths on the first floor that you enjoyed. And we started off at Barley Forge. Well, technically, I started at Modern Times. You guys started at Barley Forge. I started at Barley Forge. You guys are at the other one. Uh, next to it so it's funny yeah i'm not the biggest beer person but um the first beer i tried was probably my favorite beer out of all of them that i tried at the event so <laughs> and this was the the patsy that coconut uh, flavor 
was yeah. just so intense. My brother listens to me talk about these, and he just kind of looks at me like, I wish I could try that. <laughs> I wish I could try that. Yeah. <laughs> when I gave it to Javier, he was like, whoa, this is the look that I caught on on video was just like that's that's the same feeling I got. Yeah, <laughs> but, it was very surprising. You wouldn't think, oh, coconut in a beer. Hey, what did you think of the rest of the event as far as some of the activities that they had in the back? I thought it was cool because it was an event where you're trying different beers, but it was focused on just. I felt like it was just more relaxed feel. You weren't like forced to try all these different ones right after each other. You got to break it up with uh, good food, good music, and then you got to hang out, like play Jenga. There was like uh, a painter. Yeah, there was like a caricature artist there. Yeah. So you got to just relax. You didn't have to do it all at once. And I feel like if me personally, because I'm not used to drinking so much beer, like I got a pretty good buzz after the first couple of them, but because we got to eat, and listen to different bands and just kind of walk around and see what's going on, I kind of got to level off, so then I got to try more beers. So, so. as a as a non-beer drinker, would you would you uh, recommend this to somebody? If, if they're possibly going to get dragged by some friends or something to this type of event, would you say it's a fun event for them to go to, even if you're not a beer drinker? Oh, yeah, most definitely. Because, <laughs> I mean, I even got to try different... I'm not even a big cider person, but... There was a cider, cider beers there that were just phenomenal. If uh, I had the chance to get a Crispin at DCA on that 103 uh, degree day <laughs> a couple weeks ago, Let's I would have been buying that <laughs> yep. left and right. But no, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't feel like I was dragged when I wanted to. I wanted to join you guys and see what it was all about. But like me, not being a non-beer drinker. I had a great time trying different ones and actually going, huh, actually, I'll, if I saw that at a at a restaurant I def- or a bar, I'd definitely get that. All right, you know, right. or, make, or me going to BevMo and saying, ah, I recognize that. I think I want to get that, you know? Sweet, man. So, yeah, def- definitely. Cool. Hey, man, well, I want to thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your day to give us your thoughts on the event. I know that uh, we had a lot of fun. I'm glad you were able to come out with us. Mario had to work. No, thank you so. for inviting me. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> glad Mario's Sorry, Mario. ticket did not go to waste. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you online? Online? Well, me and my girlfriend have a joint Disney account. You can find us on Instagram, at Disney42. That's Disney, F-O-R, then the number two. And we're also on Twitter, Facebook, and we just started a YouTube page. So, yeah, it's just uh, us meeting friends, seeing some of our favorite cast members, teach you different uh, secrets or just how we do Disney. So, yeah, you can find us at just all across social media, Disney for two. Right on, man. All right, buddy. I will talk to you soon. Cool, man. All right. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. I also had a conversation with our buddy Dan, a.k.a. Mouse Brew. He was there starting from the VIP time, and so he gave us his thoughts regarding what it was like being a VIP at the event versus being there uh, when the regular attendance was there. So here's my conversation with Dan. On the phone with us, we have our buddy Dan from over at Mouse Brew on Instagram and the YouTubes. Dan, how you doing today, buddy? 
Jason, I'm doing well. How are you? Man, I am going with my general classic brew. I have myself a Hangar 24 orange wheat. That's cool. I was uh, just drinking IPA tonight from Red Hook. Uh, it was funny because the last time I went to my liquor store, I was buying all of the, all these seasonal pumpkin ales and, and whatnot, and, you know, some pretty expensive craft beers. And then I see this long hammer uh, from Red Hook brewing up in Washington, and it was like on sale for two bucks for like a 22 ounce. And I was like, Whoa. I'm going to get this one too, just to kind of balance out my spending. <laughs> it was funny because the cashier was like, yep, you, you went with the cheap one too. And I was like, that's right. How, how was it though? It was good. It was a 6.2% IPA. So it was, you know, a solid IPA, nothing fancy, but it was just what I was in the mood for tonight. So it, it hit the spot, but I'm really looking forward to October and all the seasonal brews that come out this time of year. Nice. Well, for two bucks, you can't complain, right? No, no. And I felt <laughs> like, like I said, I mean, it helps balance out the spending somewhat. Right. Cool. Hey, man. Well, uh, the reason we have you on the phone is obviously to talk a little bit about the House of Blues uh, local brews, local groove show that we ended up attending uh, a week or so ago. What was your experience like? I know you got there a little bit earlier than we did, and you had a chance to experience the VIP because you weren't stuck in traffic like I was. Uh, <laughs> what was the whole VIP experience like? Yeah, the VIP experience was much more open, um, as you might expect, much less people. I immediately got in there, and I, I, first thing I wanted to do was do a rundown because I felt like in the past event where I went to local brews, I kind of started at a beer stand. And, you know, once you get talking to the people, you kind of just uh, you lose track of time, mm -hmm. and, and then it gets more crowded, and you don't get to see everywhere. So I basically set out to not have a beer and just see everywhere that was serving and see what all the foods were. Um, of course, that didn't exactly happen as planned. I did wind up getting a couple of beers along the way <laughs> just because it's hard to turn people down when they're staring at you and they have no line. <laughs> but it was it was nice just to see the contrast of what the VIP area was. I mean, one thing that is kind of um, different about the VIP is the bands aren't playing yet. So you don't have, you know, that necessarily like party atmosphere yet. But if you're going more for just the beer experience, which I was, then you could really talk to the beer reps that were there and um, really get into their heads. As I know you did later on, it was we were still able to do that because the whole local brews event wasn't as um, they didn't try to make it wall to wall people for a reason. It wasn't that it wasn't as popular, but that was their strategy this time around to make oh. it more accessible to you know, us as guests there. So so it actually was a planned thing. I know we, we wrote a blog post about this and we, that we posted uh, on podcasters.com slash blog if you guys want to check that out. And one of the things that we mentioned in the blog post was that it did look like they ended up uh, just capping the event with less people. I didn't know that that was actually a tactical move. It was just speculation on our part. Uh, we like We mentioned in the blog post that we weren't complaining because it definitely made it easier to move around. There was a lot more elbow room this time. And we did mention that when you were standing in line, it didn't feel like you were standing there forever. And when you got to the front of the line, you still had a little bit of a chance to speak with the brewers about everything that they were putting together, future plans and stuff like that. Uh, in general, from the VIP time that you were there versus when the event actually started, would you say that that was kind of the same, just with the exception of just the fewer people because of the VIP time? 
on my video on the Mastery YouTube channel, I showed, you know, some panoramic, panor, uh, panning around the venue, and you could see, like, I was the only person upstairs at this one point in the video. Yeah. So, I mean, it was really VIP. Like, you you really got your money's worth if you went that for that extra ticket. Uh, I, I interviewed you just for a brief moment, and uh, Javi on my video and I remember you saying like it wasn't you know elbows and I you know we weren't really struggling getting through the indoor section as we were in the springtime mm -hmm. so apparently and I had asked this question before because so many liquor stores and the bands got many free tickets in the past where they could just hand them out and it got to the point where you know it was it was oversaturation but apparently those those tickets that were the freebie style, uh, style tickets were more limited this time around. Oh, they weren't just okay. giving away like candy. And I think that's why in the spring we saw that huge line of just people waiting to get in and it reached capacity. And no yeah. one wants to be, you know, stuck outside at something that opened at five and at six thirty at that capacity because yeah. you, you feel, you know, you kind of cheated. So I think they didn't want anyone to have that experience. So the people that bought tickets, as far as I know, we're ensured that they were able to get in this time. Yeah, man, that line in the spring wrapped all the way down past Tortilla Joe's, and it was pretty insane. Yeah, yeah, I, I think because we had gotten in early, I hadn't realized until we had left that, I mean, it was, they had had to cap it for capacity, and, you know, that's not, that that wasn't their intention. Their intention was to throw on an awesome brew fest where everyone was going to have a, a good time. Um, but speaking of the brews, I I was kind of, at first, I think when I saw the beer lineup, I was, you know, missing some of the places that we had met last time and we had we'd met these uh, brewers. Uh, I came to the understanding that it's on purpose that they book new breweries every time, which is great because you don't want, oh, you know, it's the same breweries over and over. Now, they do have the same few local ones, like uh, I know they had like Valiant, Noble, and Bottle Logic, which are a favorite of ours. Um, but they also try to include uh, breweries that weren't there in the past for the sake of variety, like Four Sons in Huntington Beach was there, and I know uh, Beach City. Barley uh, Ford was Huntington there, too. Beach. Who wasn't Barley there? Barley Ford, yeah. Mesa. And uh, most uh, highly notable was the brewery out of Placentia, yeah. who is highly selective of where they appear and where they present their beer at Brewfest. Yeah, I, I kind of regret not having a chance to head out to check out the stuff that the brewery had. There was a lot of buzz around a couple of the things that they actually had, and uh, Gypsy Tart was one of the ones that I was really looking forward to trying that they had. But I did get a chance to try some of the other ones that came in, like Barley Forge, for instance. Oh, uh, yeah. I had to hit up Modern Times. You know, they're, when it comes to beer between them and Hanger, they're my boo, you know. so. Uh, but uh, what would you say was – and I don't want to put you on the spot because I don't want anybody to be like, what, you know, but what would you say was kind of the biggest hit for you of the event? Uh, no, it's, it's not going to be any surprise because on my video, I think I, I spent time there too. And, you know, with no lure to go there or anything like that, but I found myself at the Barley Forge um, station at least three times going back for the same beers. And I think the first time I met you, I was telling Javier, I was like, dude, you got to try this horchata beer because you and I, we've talked about horchata beers in the past from uh, Belching Beaver, um, Blue Moon, mm -hmm. and the brewery. So when I heard another horchata, I was like, you know, I'm all about that. And then they wound up having a, a coconut beer too. So it, my strategy this time, instead of trying to bulk try every beer out there, I was just thinking, you know, when I find something I like, I'm really going to stick with it and really get a sense for that beer. And then the other beer that I saw that 
on your uh, YouTube clip, and then I went there also, was the uh, Cinnamon Roast Crunch. By Noble. Oh, my God. Yes. How awesome was that? I mean, first of all, their names are just epic. Cinnamon Roast Crunch. Like, I noted, I was like, like everyone's favorite breakfast cereal, you know, without having, <laughs> saying it because we all know. But, <laughs> I mean, and that's the idea is because it's, it's, it evokes a breakfast beer in a way. It's, it's, it has the coffee flavors, the cinnamon flavors, and it was just delicious. I think Javier mentioned in the video that it tasted like breakfast. And he, yes, said, he, he said it a little tongue-in-cheek, but it really did. <laughs> it really does make you feel like you can have that for breakfast, which we don't condone, kids. You should not have beer for breakfast. No, but, it but totally I guess did. if you're on vacation and, uh, <laughs> you know, the occasion calls for it, if you're at a cabin somewhere, you know, and you're waking up for a late breakfast, I could definitely see that being the beer to have right, at that hour. Right. <laughs> yeah, there was um, – that was definitely right up on the top of, of my list of – things that I wanted to try. I know Four Sons had one that I wanted. I'm, I'm a huge fan of uh, things that are chocolatey, really peanut buttery, uh, anything mm. that has a real citrus-type taste to it. And I know Four Sons had their own coconut amber that I wanted to mm -hmm. try out. I'm, I'm really big on the coconut stuff right now. I know my brother can't have it. Javier kind of likes it. But I've been big on the coconut-flavored stuff. It, it's kind of like the flavor of the season, you know? And yes. they had something the called the coconut stout from Barley Forge. We had that one. Oh man, the Barley Forge uh, coconut. It was uh, it was a rice stout. Um, what do they call it? Uh, the Patsy. Huh. It was called the Patsy. And okay, right, you're right. I was man, that the coconut infusion in that beer was so well balanced. It was yeah. literally on the top of my list the entire evening. We went back a couple times, and uh, going back to. You know what you said earlier that or chata wit that they had that was right. so delicious. When you mentioned it, yeah. we're like, we gotta go, we gotta go. <laughs> All right, man. Um, any other thoughts that you have uh, aside from just the general event, the venue, any bands that you heard that you just thought were just awesome that you want to just quickly give I, a little shout I out think to? We both were kind of noticing Moonlight Graham playing on the outdoor stage, right? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, that was really cool. And they were playing some cover songs, too, which I think really draws in a crowd for that environment because, sure, there's the fans of the band, but being that it was a beer festival also, you don't have people that necessarily know all their original music. Mm -hmm. So for them to play, like, um, Shut Up and Dance, for example, I, I heard them playing that. And, you know, people just, like, start grooving because, oh, I know this song, and it made for a fun environment. Yeah. We we did a lot of walking around, and we saw some of the other stuff, and we saw some of the other bands, some of the other acts. And uh, I don't want to take anything away from them. I think they all did a fantastic job. Uh, everybody, you know, played their own type of music and stuff. But there was just something about being out on that outdoor stage, the ambiance, mm -hmm. and just the fact that they're good. You know, they're they're actually really entertaining to watch. The band meshes together really well. I really enjoyed them, man. Yeah. And the first spot I saw you upstairs was with the cider. Uh, I'm glad they had a, a different cider company out there this time because, you know, we got to try something new there. I know I had the blackberry cider, and that was refreshing. So there's that. I mean, you know, people like the ciders these days, and I'm not a huge fan, but they are refreshing, and, you know, I like to try them. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm not a huge cider fan, but the two that they had, one was a blackberry pear cider, and mm -hmm. uh, 
I was really, really impressed because I, I think the biggest thing that bugs me about ciders in general is that they're always apple based. And even uh, when they yeah, make like the yeah. pear one, the pineapple, all that other pumpkin, stuff, pumpkin, all it's apple-based. always apple based. And I really like the blackberry pear cider that they had because it was all pear and berries. There was no apple base to it. So it made it really enjoyable for me. And yeah. the two special ones, the 15 men and the Venus Reigns that they ended up holding for us, those were so good, man. Those were the ones that were in the in the uh, rum cask. And oh, then they I gotta, had the. I gotta read about this on your blog. Or yeah, your that was that was the fifteen men one that we tried. That one was so good. Uh, they also had, um, like I said, the Venus Reigns. That one was in a red wine cask. And I'll tell you, for a cider, when you took that first drink, it didn't really seem like a cider. It actually seemed like a Merlot or something. If you weren't really paying attention, you could totally mistake it for just wine because of how good it was. And, and that's one of the draws to this local brews event is people pull out these, these breweries, they pull up all the stops because, you know, they don't want it to be what you can get anywhere else. Right. And that was really cool that they had that and that you got to try that. And so, you know, in closing for me, I'm just, I'm excited. I hope that we get a chance to go to one more at downtown Disney location. Um, you and I, we both talked that on the horizon, House of Blues, Anaheim will be moving to Garden Walk. Right. So, you know, They'll probably be continuing the local brew, local groups tradition, but, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Um, so hopefully we get to attend at least one more at Downtown Disney, though. Yeah, that'll be great. Uh, I've I've really grown to love the event, and uh, I look forward to it now. It's it's become one of my one of my favorite things to do in Downtown Disney, and I guess when they change it over, maybe it'll become one of my favorite things to do at Garden Walk. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably definitely be the favorite <laughs> thing at Garden Walk, yeah. And uh, hopefully we'll get your brother out to one. Yeah, he's got to change that work schedule, man. It's it's getting <laughs> in the way. Yeah. Hey, we'll tell uh, all of our listeners, of course, where they can find you online. Yeah, so on Instagram and Twitter, it's mousebrew, at mousebrew. And then if you search on YouTube, it's mousebrew, one word, M-O-U-S-E-B-R-E-W. So that's the mousebrew channel. And uh, I try to throw up a blog also on Blogger, but... You know, it comes and it goes, and if I see something that I want to write about or, you know, something that I feel like an event's coming up, something at Disneyland California Adventure, I'll film it, put it up, and uh, on Instagram, it's every day, but you can find me on any of those social medias. Very cool, man. Well, I appreciate you being on the phone with us today, buddy. Yeah, it was a pleasure, and it was really fun to hang out with you guys at the event. Yeah, I wish, uh, like I said, I wish I wouldn't have gotten caught in traffic because uh, it would have been cool to be in the VIP area for a little while. Oh, man, while. When, I, when I saw you guys upstairs, I was so excited. I just had to run up there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, we cool. will talk again soon. Okay. Cheers. All right, buddy. Thanks again. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. Thanks again. Sorry for the interruption, but here we go with the rest of episode 67 of Podcateers. Man, I, I had so much fun at this event. Again, thank you to the House of Blues because we couldn't was, have done it without them. <laughs> no, we could have. We could have bought the tickets, but <laughs> it was it was just it was so much more organized yes. than the first one was. The lines just seemed to flow a lot better. Uh, I I know that this is maybe the third or fourth one that they've done total, but there's just something about this one that just it just upped the game and. I know that next year they're moving. 
You know, the House of Blues is actually moving right out of downtown Disney. Right. They're moving into the Garden Walk, so they're moving into a bigger venue. Mm. And so I can only imagine how much better it's going to be at the bigger venue. Uh, I think they have one more of these in downtown Ooh, Disney are we going? before they actually... I hope we get invited again. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to drag Mario this time. <laughs> I hope we get invited again. I mean, dude, it sounds amazing. You know what else they should do to make it better? Tell Add me. music. Oh, we didn't even talk about the music. Oh, that's man. right. <laughs> Wait, there's grooves in this brew thing? There was grooves, dude. I was so concentrated on just the brews. The mac and cheese was fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, behind the mac and cheese was the band. <laughs> As a matter of fact, while we were waiting for mac and cheese, we actually heard quite possibly my favorite band of the entire evening, Moonlight Graham. They were. I saw you posted about them. Yeah. They were so good. good they man. sound good. Everything that they that they played that evening was just fantastic. Yeah, they were good. I, I heard there was. Don't get me wrong. A lot of the bands that played were awesome. They all had some really great songs. But this one st- stood out. It stood out to us. Yeah. Like the three of us were like, "Wow, we got to get a little bit of video from, yeah. from these mm-hmm. guys." And I even went for them at like I searched Google and I tried to find more of their music. Nice. And I need to get one of their CDs. I know they have like a, a like an LP or an EP, whatever it's called, when it's mm-hmm. got like six songs on it. EP. <laughs> an EP. So I got to get a copy of that thing next time I go see them wherever they play because they were fantastic. Very cool. Uh, so yeah, there was music. Yeah, uh, they had they had three different stages. They had the outdoor stage, which is where Moonlight Graham was playing. They had the Rose Terrace, which was on the second floor. And inside the actual music hall, like uh, on the actual stage yeah. inside of the House of Blues, uh, they had probably about 20 different bands playing uh, throughout the evening on any of the three stages. And at any point, they had music on all three of them. So no matter where you went, no matter where you were drinking, you always heard music. And man, it was fantastic. You know what else sticks out? Dumb. Those smoked uh, chicken legs. Yeah, I liked them. The smoked chicken legs yeah. were really good. Went right back to the food. <laughs> Dude, they were so good. If they served oh, them they, in, in the cans, they served them in a beer can without the top. That's right. With like coleslaw on the bottom. That better be a uh, band named Smoked Chicken Legs. Go ahead. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was literally a smoked chicken leg, but they they were fantastic. Uh, the fish and chips, I think the the only thing that I personally liked about the fish and chips was the... The price? No, the, the aioli that they had or like the... Oh, the dip. The dip that they had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fi- I mean, fish and chips is fish and chips. You can't really stretch it. But that mac and cheese, man, that's, yeah, that's that, the business right that there. That's it to a whole another level. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a good event, man. I hope I get to attend before they actually close the House of Blues now. You better attend next year. Well, the next I time hope we, we get go. invited the next time again. I thought I thought we were we behaved. I thought we were good. <laughs> See, I don't know. They, you know what? Why don't I house, you? No, the House of Blues treated us like the VIPs that we are. <laughs> you just got uninvited. <laughs> Javier's opinions are not only those of pocketeers. No, they were really good to us. So yeah, I don't I don't see why they wouldn't want us back. Well, I hope we do get invited back for the next one. Again, I think they have one more in downtown Disney before they actually move over to the Garden Walk. I'm down. And if the time frame is right about the same, it'll probably be March, April-ish 
maybe early May. I don't know. I guess depends on the weather. I don't know. Right. Mm. But I'm looking forward to it. I mean, at this point, I'm even willing to pay to get in. Wait, Interesting. Wait, what? Yeah. You? I liked it so much. I actually <laughs> would pay to get in. So. It, it is worth it. I I thought it was worth it. It was yeah. really fun, man. So Well, if you like brews and grooves and... I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of closing, this last week they announced that pretty much everything along the rivers of America inside of Disneyland is going to be closing. Huh? So we had already talked about the fact that Big Thunder Ranch was going to be closing on the 16th of yeah. January next year. That's right. And it's permanently closing. This is not a relocation. This mm-hmm. is not – the barbecue is going away, guys. See how we circle back to the food? <laughs> the barbecue is going away. No. And it was really sad. If Let me just say this. If, if you have not had the barbecue at the Big Thunder Ranch, it's like 35 bucks, but it's all you can eat. Mm-hmm. I've never been there. We have to go. All right. If you've never had it, you got to try it. It's like 35 bucks per person for dinner. Wow. All you can eat barbecue. And they bring out like all this like stuff in a bucket. Can we just share a plate? Like no joke, it's in a bucket. So yeah, if you guys haven't had the barbecue, totally recommend it. You should go check that out. Uh, I know that we're going to go have dinner at least once before they close, so hopefully oh, we could do it as a group. Uh Big Thunder Ranch is where the petting zoo is, right? Yes. Wait, there's a petting zoo? Yeah, with the goats. Since when? Occasionally a cow. Since forever. And you said at the barbecue place, they bring out a big bucket of food. Yes. So basically, they feed you with a trough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. It is all you can eat. Wow. But, you know, it's, it's it's not just the barbecue and the goats that are going away. That area where they do the roundups for uh-huh. like the Halloween, the pumpkin painting, the Easter egg yeah. painting, all of that's going away. Oh man! And all the meet and greets that they had for the characters, that's going to be gone to make room for Star Wars. Is it too late to start a petition to stop this? I think it's a little too late. Uh. It's not going to happen. Sorry, dude. This is <laughs> you know what? Happening. Go chain yourself up to it. Let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so down. So. A lot of what's changing is in the back area is where they keep the horses that normally pull the stuff around mm-hmm. Disneyland okay. and everything. Uh, it's a little area called Circle D. That's kind of the little ranch area in the back. All right. That's all going to go away. The horses are going to be taken off-site. They're going to be brought in on a daily basis wow. and then taken back every day. Uh, the Mark Twain's going to stop working. The what? day that they close Big Thunder Ranch... They're also going to shut down the Mark Twain for a year. A year? The sailing ship Columbia is going down for a year. Wow. Phantasmic is going down for no a way. year. No way. Not Phantasmic. The Disneyland Railroad is stopping for what? an entire year. I don't well, believe think it. about it. The railway goes behind where most of the construction is going to be happening. You see that? The most of my voice is getting higher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the area that they're going to be working on is right where the... Where the train goes. Wow. They're shutting down about, what, an eighth of Disneyland? Maybe? No. They're shutting down like five rides. But the the canoes are obviously going right. to stop. And Pirate's Lair is going to be off limits. So you won't be able to get wow. into Pirate's Lair. Uh, and I think this is all happening like January 16th of next year. So if all that is closing down, does that mean the attendance will be less entry? It's funny that you say that. I actually thought about that earlier today. Mm-hmm. I've been watching Facebook, you know, since this happened. And You watch Facebook? 
sometimes I kind of I, I look through the feed and I read people's comments oh. and stuff like that. And you know how it says like trending and it's mm-hmm. like Facebook shows you what people are commenting on more than other posts that are like more current. Is that why like it's that. all out of whack? Yeah, it's oh. it's all weird. But uh, we wrote a post on, you know, pocketeers.com slash blog about the closure that's happening. Yes. And it's, it's news. It's on Twitter. You know, people are talking about it on Facebook and stuff. No, like that. we broke people it. People are angry. We, we did not news. break it. Yes, we did. No, <laughs> but people are talking about it and they're angry about it because they're saying, hey, you know, we, we're losing this for a year. Yeah. And I mean, they're even draining half of the rivers of America. Whoa. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they have to access some stuff down there in order to make way and and continue the construction. But at the same time, it's I, I kind of feel like it's a smart move to drain most of it because then it won't evaporate. They're actually putting it in holding with the city of Anaheim, and then they're going to bring the water back oh. when they're ready to refill it. What about the ducks? The ducks are probably going to go too. Well, there's ponds like by the castle and stuff like that. Oh, man. But for the most part, they may go too. Who knows? I don't know. Poor ducks. It hasn't been announced. But, I mean, there's a lot of changes happening back there. I'm happy they're not closing Big Thunder Mountain. Who am I going to feed my leftovers? I don't think there's a need to close Big Thunder Mountain, obviously. But changes are happening. You know know what's funny is that I was reading something that said that the closures are happening uh, starting January 16th. Uh And... Obviously, the stuff along the rivers of America is going to be closed for a year. Uh, so that's a temporary closure. Big Thunder Ranch and all that other stuff is closing permanently. But the construction isn't set to start until the year after, officially. And more importantly, it's I don't know if this is just Star Wars land or all of the development that Disneyland has to do to move cast members, the new parking structure, and all that other stuff that they're supposed to build. But everything is supposed to be done by 2025. Whoa. Wait, what? Yeah. I think I was reading something that said that they have almost 10 years because they announced it this year. Right. They have like 10 years to make all these changes. It should not take 10 years to make all of that. It took, what, a year and a half to do Cars Land? Yep. Approximately, right? I was about about to say, I don't know if you guys saw that PBS special of Walt Disney. How long did it take to build Disneyland? About a year. And they can't do that for this little section? No, let's be fair. Disneyland was incomplete a year later. (laughs) The initial version of Disneyland was complete. No, no. No, it wasn't. Cement was wet. Complete. was unpaved. Ish. Bathrooms didn't work. Water fountains didn't work. (laughs) That didn't work. But they could buy Pepsi. Remember that? Yeah. There was a strike. So uh, that's the reason for the, 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 the plumbing wasn't working. Let's get into the documentary. I know we said we were going to talk about it. But to close up the other conversation... Uh, all those changes are happening. If you guys want to leave us some comments about what you guys think, you know, about the closures, again, they're going to be closed for a year. Cast members that work in that area are going to be moved to other parts of the park. So I mean, they're not going to lose their jobs or anything like that, which is fantastic. I'm glad right. that Disney's going to move them over to a different location. That's good. Maybe move them to DCA or something, whatever's available, whatever they need more help with. But think about it. When the new park opens or the new part, the new land opens, it's also going to open up a ton more jobs for the park because it's a whole new section that they're going to have to keep clean they're going to need cast members to run the rise they're going to need cast members to run the concessions they're going to need cast members it's they're going to generate tons more jobs as well so does that increase attendance oh 
back to that question. I'm sorry. I think for locals, it may not change. I think locals go to enjoy the park wherever they want to be. Mm -hmm. And by that time, most of Tomorrowland is going to have a Star Wars overlay because they're doing the Year of the Force, I think it's called. I forgot what it's called. What are they calling it? I didn't even know if that was a thing. Well, they're doing something in Tomorrowland. <laughs> I'll go ahead and I'll I'll read up on it and I'll correct it in the blog post uh, in case it's not called that. But uh, they're going to be doing some kind of overlay where even Space Mountain is going to be overlaid like you're kind of flying an X-Wing. It's going to be Hyperspace Mountain. Uh-huh. And Whoa. by then, they're going to have the meet and greets with Chewbacca, Darth Vader, R2-D2. The Chewbacca? The Chewbacca. Sweet. The Chewbacca. The same one from the movie. Oh, my God. This is awesome. And I think this is what's going to happen with Interventions. Uh-huh. Because Interventions is going to be opening very soon as well. With what? Maybe November-ish. For, nice. For That's my birthday? Well, I think that's when the whole Star Wars thing is going to happen. So it makes sense. Now, none, none of that's been confirmed. I can't yeah. confirm any of that. I don't know. I'm speculating that that's what's going to happen because that's when the overlay is supposed to. What's great is that I'm going to have an annual pass since Mario's going to lose knew, the challenge. I knew he was going to do that. And I got to tell you right now, I'll be honest. Do you want more uh, Chinese food, buddy? When I end up winning this challenge, I may skip my pass next year. Oh, just to burn him? <laughs> no, because of the whole, like, remodeling. Oh, I thought you meant just to burn Javier. <laughs> now, if Javier wins, he's going to miss out on a lot of things for a year, so have fun. Oh. It's, it's not that much, guys. I mean, it's a lot. Wait a I minute. love the Disneyland That's true. If, I do, I do too. Let's say I do win this annual pass challenge thing. I hope half the park is closed. Half the park is going to be closed. <laughs> it's not half the park, guys. Uh, That's what everybody keeps saying. But wait, do, it's would I still have half the park. Would I still have California Adventure, though? Yes. Yeah. All right. And, and that's the thing. Everybody's saying, like, oh, my God, most of the park is closed. It's like four rides, guys. There's Still much more low. to Come the park. On. Like, it how is... many people, like, love getting on the Mark Twain or riding the Disneyland Railroad? I don't know. Big Thunder. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm assuming A that... A lot. I'm assuming that they know that there aren't that many people that do it. Because as many people that do, think of how many more people do everything else. So, I mean, the ones that are fans of these places, oh, let's just forget about them because they're only going to miss it for such a long period of time. The people that have never got on these things, Javier will never know what it's like to eat at that place. Never. <laughs> That's true. That's sad. <laughs> that is sad. He'll you never know, why? know what it's like to pet a goat at <laughs> Disneyland. I didn't even know there was a petting zoo. You know why it doesn't affect Hazen? Why? Because they're not closing down the Haunted Mansion. Right. If, if right. they would be yeah. closing oh, it down exactly. for a Dude, year. This would be an episode devoted to that. Exactly. Oh, my God. This would, this would be him throwing up a petition. <laughs> yep. To not dare close his... He'd be chained up to that. I would lose my... Mind? Your mind. And I'm telling you right now, people are listening to this part of the podcast. They're developing an army right now. If that ever happens, (laughs) they're ready to keep the Haunted Mansion from closing down. Oh, man. Yeah, we can't have Hazen lose his mind because... There would, I don't think there will be a podcast. Yeah, no, you and I will continue we'll this. Totally you guys will continue. Yeah, yeah, you guys continue. <laughs> so the Walt Disney documentary. What you about guys it? finally saw it, right? Uh, half of it. You didn't watch the whole thing? Here's the thing, man. I got two loud, rambunctious, running around the house boys. Yeah, I do too. So I missed most of the first two hours. With you the want first... to start playing the violin or should I? <laughs> I'm already there. It's just right. that small. Yeah, there it goes. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Uh, but of what I uh, got, uh, it was good. 
have a has a high hat to say. Yes. I forgot his name. Aaron. <laughs> Stop with the Aaron Neville thing. So the the documentary, man, uh you bought it, right, Mario? I did. Right wow. after I watched it for a second time. That good. I had a Sunday to myself, so I watched the documentary. And then when I finished, I watched it again. Wow. Back to nice. back. It was that good. It's really How good. Powerful was that thing. The first time that I saw it, I actually saw it the two nights that it aired. Okay. When I was watching it the first time, I was watching it like through kid glasses, you know, through kid goggles. Like because that's you're watching weird. it as a dreamer. You know, you're watching it as here's your idol that's on TV and they're portraying them like this. And wow, there's all this never before seen footage in here and you're liking it. And I had a mini conversation about this uh, with listener Josh on Facebook. Uh, so shout out, Josh. You know, thanks for your yo, message. Yo. And the last week, I've been doing my best to stay away from listening to other people talk about it right. and comment about it. I've been staying away from reading other people's articles because I wanted to try to formulate my own opinion about this because I knew you guys hadn't watched it. Mm-hmm. We were going to talk about it this episode. And a couple of people have approached me now and said, we heard this other thing. Um so, you know, I'm, I'm an avid podcast listener, mm-hmm. right? And one of the podcasts that I listen to is, is Mostalgia. Right. Uh, that Mostalgia is uh, with our buddy Jeff Bam. That's right. And uh, they had a guest on this last week, and I haven't listened to the episode. And again, I didn't want to listen to anything because I didn't want it to influence what I thought, what I wanted to say, and, and you know, our discussion. But it was hard to stay away from all of this. Mm-hmm. And they had a guest that had some pretty different opinions and remember you asked me hey how unbiased how truthful right. you know how credible is this and i said very and stuff like that yeah the first time i saw it i'm thinking man this is just like mario said this is a powerful documentary mm-hmm. there was parts of it that just made me a little emotional one of the things mario mentioned last week was that people don't understand that walt disney spent most of his time penniless mm-hmm you know, and that was one of the most important things for me because we we always freak out about the whole like, where's this payment going to come from? Where's that? And a lot of people don't have to worry about that. You know, they're very well off, but there are people that do have to worry about stuff like that. And to think that somebody like Walt Disney went through that and he was just in a way he was kind of carefree about it, because when you think about how much he sacrificed in order to get where he wanted you know, at one point, he tells Roy, sell my car. That's how yeah. much we need the money. His, his, his prize possess one of his prized possessions, he's like, just sell my car. Take it. And when you hear stories about Walt Disney, and you hear stories about the nine old men and how the studio was and all this other stuff, you fall in love because of how romanticized that entire story is. But you don't hear about the strike. You don't right. hear about how they unionized against him. Like, that was one of the things in this documentary that made me think, like, wow, like, Walt Disney was having all these breakdowns because of all the problems that he was having, but no one ever talks about that. I had no idea that they were, they were picketing over this. I had no idea. I didn't either. I didn't know the history of that. I didn't either. And that's one of the things that was really powerful for me, that... It made Walt Disney even more human than I felt he was to me already. Right. You know, because there was those personal breakdowns, the fact that he could confide in maybe one or two people about his problems, 
how much he worked himself sick, you know, how he was physically ill from so much working. I connected with that because I've gotten to that point before. You know, I've I've worked myself into the ground where I've been physically ill before because that's just me. That's just and watching that relax, bro. No joke. I got really emotional during that part because hmm. I, I felt like I connected with him. Right. Now, Mario, let me ask you a question. You've seen the man behind the myth. That's right. How would you compare the man behind the myth to the American Experience documentary? It's actually funny that you asked me that question because that's the comparison that I was going to do. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with The Man Behind the Myth, it was the documentary that was made uh, by the Walt Disney uh, Foundation, the one up there in Northern California. Oh, the Family Museum. Yeah, the Family mm-hmm. Museum. Such a remarkable documentary. I love it. And it's funny, the emotional part that always gets me, regardless of the documentary I'm watching, is whenever they talk about when Walt Disney passed. Yeah. Every time that happens, that just gets to me, and I don't know why. It just kind of, like, I, I ball. Like, Dude, it's, you jumped it's, ahead four hours Oh, you don't know he dies again? <laughs> Spoiler alert, dude. <laughs> but um, in answer to your question, the thing is, because um, we were we were watching that same kind of discussion on Facebook, you know, with Josh and stuff like that, and how they were saying that some people are saying this is over-embellished, this, this wasn't reality, things like that. And the truth is, perception is reality. Yeah. You know, you, you have the Walt Disney Family Museum who creates this documentary because this was a loved man to everyone who was there. He was family. You're going to try to make him as much of a hero and ignore the problems for this documentary so you can just remember all the important happy moments of his life. Right. I mean, these things are unavoidable. That same documentary talks about the strike. Um, they talk about the the, the communism theory, uh, conspiracy, things like that. But um, they don't bring it to light as much as they would other things, you know, like right. his inspirations, his uh, aspirations, things like that. But again, it's just perception is reality, man. However people viewed it is just how they're going to display it. I don't really think anyone is wrong when they're interpreting something a certain way because they're telling the same tale. I love comparing those like certain moments, you know, when mm-hmm. uh, how Marceline was a very significant moment in his life, even though it was only like five years of his life. Right. You know, things like that, like, again, the, the strike when he was in the hospital, you know, things like that. But it's just getting displayed differently by different people. Right. I guess it it really depends on where on the totem pole you were. Right. You know, because obviously if you were if you were one of the nine old men, you were treated well. Like a king. Like a king. You know, but if you were one of the ladies, for instance, that did the cleanup, you know, like they talked about in the American Experience documentary, obviously you weren't paid as much, you didn't have as many privileges. Some of the other artists like one of the artists actually talked about a time where he had been helping some of his other friends finish up some of their work. The next day he that comes was in. upon. Yeah, yeah. And the next day he comes in, his chair is gone. Most of the his luxuries rug, that he had in his office. His drapery. Yeah, was all gone. And they told him straight out, well, you're just not animating anymore. Why are we going to waste all, all right. these amenities mm-hmm. on you? And it kind of struck me like. That's harsh, man. I, I know. That was, that was really, really harsh. harsh. And for, for what I felt, he was a company man that loved Disney. Right. And he was just helping his brother artists to do cleanup, and he was, and all that was taken away Yep, because he was helping someone else. Well, hold on. Real quick correction before we actually proceed with what you guys were talking about. And I'm totally on board with what you're saying. Um, just, just to kind of rephrase what you were saying, not exactly like the nine old men were treated like kings, to be fair. It's just... 
an equal exchange of respect for each other. You know what I'm saying? Walt admired these people for the talent they had with a paper and a pencil. These guys admired him for the ideas he was creating and how he was introducing it to them. Because again, they all had their kind of complaints about him too. They didn't like the fact that Walt never ever complimented anyone for anything. I remember in The Man Behind the Myth, I think it was Frank Thomas who said that he can't ever say, hey, you did good work on this. He'll say, I hear from someone else, you have the best scene in the picture. It would, uh, he would never say, good job on this. It was, yeah. I hear you have the best scene in the picture. In the, in the American experience, they used that he said, uh, we'll go with that. Oh, right. It'll, it'll yeah. work. It'll work. Yeah. You know, it was never a, hey, good job for that, or things like that. Yeah. It was just like, okay, well, it'll play. Let's roll. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was an equal exchange of respect. They admired this man for how he did these things. And in exchange, he did the same thing for them. I think that's how you interpret it, though, because I honestly feel that those in the lower totem pole, to me, it looked like a sweatshop. But these other people that that the what you say, the nine mm-hmm. were totally treated like kings, man. I'm sorry. I, I disagree. They they got everything and anything they wanted. They got the air conditioning. They got you know the what? tools. They got the. the they, I best. think they actually addressed that, though. I, I think they actually addressed that in one of the comments that Walt actually made, uh-huh. and in the documentary, it, it does go back to what Mario's saying. And I wish I knew the quote off the top of my head. I'm. I would be completely paraphrasing at this point, but it does have to do with the respect. But it was somewhere along the lines of, "Well, you bring a lot to the company." you're worth something to the company almost mm-hmm. like you're 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 valuable to the company because of what you're producing for me type thing mm-hmm. again completely paraphrasing that's what i remember mm-hmm. i may be completely wrong but that's what what's coming to mind right now and i think mario's right i think it was more of this mutual respect because one of the things they do talk about is that walt disney was not afraid to work with people that were better than him to get things done as best as possible. He actually liked it. Yeah, and there's a lot it's it's a huge difference to how a lot of bosses are 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 mm-hmm. that are out there right now are because in most places if you know more than your boss, they'll they'll hold you down as yeah, much as I possible think because they're afraid you will take their job. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that was not the case with Walt Disney. Because there's only one Walt Disney. Can't take there's his name. A lot of, but there's a lot of other bosses that are actually like that. Did you know that Chuck Jones used to work for Walt Disney? No. I'll never forget this because it's at the end of uh, The Man Behind the Myth. They're uh-huh. interviewing Chuck Jones for this, this whole thing. And he said that the day that he quit, he walked into Walt's office and Walt told him, well, like, what happened? Why aren't you happy here? And Chuck Jones told him, well, honestly, because there's really only one job worth having around here and that's yours. And Walt said, sorry, man, that job's taken. Yeah. So he leaves and he starts. He did his own. Warner Brothers. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, there you go. Yeah. Which, funny enough, I don't know if you guys actually knew this little tidbit. Silly Symphonies, very popular cartoon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's where Mary Melodies was inspired from. Hmm. Nice. Beautiful. Very cool. (laughs) But, Javier, I mean, honestly, I get what you're saying. And truthfully, I don't want to sound like a jerk right now. But let's be real, okay? When it comes to the nine old men, these guys were taking 24 frames per second, okay? They were working 18-hour days. They were studying the movements of life forms, of animals, nonstop. They were creating the illusion of life, okay? And and at the end, when you're comparing these movements that they're creating for these people to paint on animation cells, who is worth more to Walt Disney? I understand that, but to not pay the, the cleanup people, there was no minimum wage back then. They gave them what? How much did they earn? $14 a week? But a job is a job. 
A job is a job, but people uh, left work starving because they would rather feed their children and they're working for Walt Disney. Yeah, but yeah, you see, but you see, this is exactly the thing that I was talking about before. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, go ahead. But the thing is, everyone like, is expecting that Walt Disney was just this larger-than-life figure at every moment in his life. He wasn't. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a penny to his name. Sometimes he owed people. Because he always wanted to one-up himself, he didn't have money to pay. Yes, other people got paid more, but when you think about how much staff needed to get hired, especially when he started having all the multiple projects, he had to pay everybody somehow. And some people had to get paid less. And they got paid, I guess, on... I don't want to say on their merits in particular, but it's unfair for me to say on their workload because some of the people that were doing cleanup work possibly work way more hours and did a lot more actual work. I think you were right with the merits. You know, I think I'm going to start jumping into I sound like a jerk territory too. Right. But I, I agree with Mario on this. Mm. Now, you I know? mean, like, think about it, okay? It's just also consider the loyalty, okay? If you remember early on in the documentary, they're talking about how iWorks actually came to Walt and he told him, look, they're trying to buy you out. They're trying to take all of your animators. He stayed loyal to Walt. They created Mickey Mouse together because he had faith that this guy was going to be the next big thing. And look right. what happened. Mickey Mouse blew up. You have these people that were just loyal to him who accepted the fact that he didn't have the penny to pay him every now and then. But they're going to keep working for him. They're going to keep putting these nonstop hours as opposed to the 1,200 other people that came to Walt in need of a job. Yeah. It's not a loyalty thing there. It's because this guy's paying me money to do something. I'm going to do it for him. And what's funny is when you think about it, you know, when they lost the entire European market because of the war, you know, Walt actually hired a bunch of people to do the propaganda. now banned cartoons, all the yeah. propaganda uh-huh. cartoons. That's the thing. I wish they would have talked more about the propaganda cartoons. There's a lot of things that I think they should have talked about. Right. And again, you know, other people have talked about this before. And when it got brought up to my attention... I I didn't even think about this, and this was part of the reason I wanted to stay away from listening to other people's stuff, but what happened to the World's Fair? Yeah. You know, they didn't talk about, they didn't talk about the World's Fair at all. Right. Yeah. You know? I think, um, I think what happened was, like you said in the previous episode, this would have been a 10, 15 hour uh, documentary. They couldn't have said everything in his life, but I do agree I think the World Fair was somewhat significant. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But there was so much. Like, somebody even said, like, what happened to Epcot? Epcot was so ahead of its time. It was mentioned. Yeah, but not the way that it should have been mentioned. Well, you know. You you know what, though? I think they did a pretty decent job about talking about Epcot. You think so? Because, honestly, with me, it's just like, it didn't really strike me until I was watching this documentary. That was like, you look at the plans for Epcot. And it really hit me at that moment that it's like, Walt Disney wanted to change the world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He didn't want to just create something for television. He wanted to create a land for everyone to enjoy. He didn't want to create that land. He wanted to do something bigger. He wanted to change just communities in general. Mm -hmm. He wanted to change the way we lived. Like, perfect weather conditioned communities. Yeah, that's Easy transportation. Like, how mind-blowing is that? I love that he wanted to bring Ford and Chevy together. Right? Like, yeah. all on the same street so they could just easily access each yeah. other. And it's funny because when you think about, especially in our lifetimes, obviously we weren't alive when Walt Disney was alive, but I know exactly what you're talking about, about the whole life-changing experience thing. Don't you ever tell me that again. <laughs> <laughs> but when you think about how many people have actually 
try to change the world. People give him a lot of crap about it, but Steve Jobs tried to do the same thing. There's people that are really greedy about it, and there's people that are genuinely trying to change the world. Absolutely. I think some people have half and half because you may need that in order to get certain things done. But look at Elon Musk. Elon Musk is, uh, you know, when you think of the things that, you know, he put together like Tesla, and now he's, mm-hmm. you know, the Hyperloop, and he's working on these battery packs to make the world a cleaner place so that we don't have to rely on fossil fuels yep. or any of that stuff. And he doesn't seem to be doing it for greed or for money no. because a lot of this stuff that he's saying or he wants to do, he's like, yeah, here's how to do it. Here's the plans. Have at it. Yeah. And he's, he's literally selling it. And he's literally putting his money where his mouth is. Yeah. Yep. And so in the last hundred years, maybe not even that far, in the last 50 years, there's not a lot of people that have wanted to really changed the world and Epcot I think is one of those things Mm -hmm. you know he really did want to do something for humanity yeah exactly but at the same time I guess it depends on who you ask you could totally see the opposite uh, end of it and say like well he wanted to create a utopia for a group of people and I've heard that argument before and I'm going to tell you I completely disagree with it I would too because when you think about what Epcot could have been what it was designed to be, and how that technology could have spread out. Absolutely. And that's what got to me. That's what, like, it was overwhelming and emotional to me because Epcot's not an acronym anymore. It's officially just its name. Yeah. But it was originally an acronym, Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow, which means that was just phase one. If this thing ended up being successful, it was going to spread and become something more and eventually take over the world if possible. We'll never know. It's insane. It's I can't even believe it. Hmm. Yeah. I want to watch this documentary again, and I think I want to watch The Man Behind the Myth you you know, again and uh, maybe compare them uh, a little bit more. And, you know, it would be great. I know I, I said it kind of tongue-in-cheek last episode, but it would be great to maybe have Don Hahn on the podcast because I know he worked on this, and he's just so knowledgeable about the Disney company right. in general and – uh, it'd be great to sit down with with somebody that's you know such a great historian. You but... want me to call him or? Yeah, man. Oh yeah, send him a text message. Just that. tell me, dude. Send him a text message. Just yeah. tell me. That's Maybe you... have him on your vlog. He, he's been on there. There How is vlog. no vlog on the web. web. There is there. no vlog. <laughs> well, I would love to hear what all of the listeners have to say about this because I know a lot of the listeners were affected by it. Absolutely. I know a lot of them have counter arguments for a lot of the things that were said in the documentary there are a lot of people that agree and say that it kind of attacked walt a lot did it i think there was some parts that kind of did you know but at the same time i saw it as history that's kind of how i saw it but i you know what else i saw i saw a man being personally attacked and him standing up for himself Because when you think about how much happened and how much he was going through, he was going through a breakdown half the time Mm -hmm. and nobody knew it. And because of that, again, there's so much about what happened to him in that time period that I've connected with. And sometimes I feel like, man, if he made it through, everything's going to be fine. Yes, there's a lot of films out there about Walt Disney that say, hey, he's a great guy. Hey, he's a dreamer. Hey, he did this. Hey, he did that. But none of them talk about the struggles other than those few key points that a lot of people have said, oh, well, the cement wasn't dry. It's like, 
yeah, but what else went into it? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think this documentary did that well. Uh, did a lot of it sound like an attack? I think maybe it had to. Maybe it had to to prove a point that there was a man behind all of this. There was a, a human being that was going through all of this at the time. I love the fact that you actually brought up that one section about like Disneyland and stuff like that because it was just a few minutes ago that we were talking about. Again, I've, I'm saying this for like the billionth time, but perception is reality. You know, you have people's opinion. Like Javier just said, it. Uh, he built Disneyland in a year. Right. Right? But then you're watching this documentary where it's getting down to the nitty gritty and he's spending every day there. He's like not going home sometimes. And all because the money. He's suddenly changing like ideas. This needs to be painted here. He grabbed the paintbrush and started painting things himself. The yeah. last night, like, yeah. right before they opened, yeah. he was painting. Three himself. o'clock in the morning. Like he yeah. got with all the work. He's like, move this here, put this here. This is going to say this now. Change this, change that. And it's like, that's real. Okay, yeah. there was a time crunch and there was a pressure situation and he made it happen. That's just respect. I love that. Most documentaries will say like, oh, well, you know, three or four years before, you know, the construction of Disneyland, Walt had an idea. Mm-hmm. But that's not true. Walt had an idea years oh, before that. The spark absolutely. was there. It just wasn't solidified until I don't want to say that he grew bored with what he was doing in the studio. But it almost sounds like he kind of grew bored with what he was doing. And that's where the idea of Disneyland came from. I mean, that's totally He's makes like, sense. I need to step this up now. Mm-hmm. I need to give people a reason to come back. And Walt Disney was a marketer. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a marketer and he knew the synergistic approach to it. It happened with Mickey Mouse and he knew what he was doing. But when the idea for the park came, it, it wasn't just like, hey, six months ago I thought about this, guys. It was already there. Yeah, yeah. He didn't sit at that park you bench. Know, so. like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, he sat at that park bench and was like, you know what? It's time. He didn't sit at that park bench and say, I have an idea. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, again, I would love to hear what the listeners have to say about this because uh, it was a really long documentary. It was – I thought it was really good. I thought it was well-made. I don't think it was long enough. I, I agree. I, I agree. <laughs> and I think – you bought the digital version, right, Mario? No, just DVD. Oh, you bought the DVD? Mm-hmm. Did you Did you get it in the mail already? It's or not did you? It's not? Okay. Mm-hmm. Did did you happen to read if there was any type of special features or anything on it? They don't, like, describe it at all. See, but, and yeah. I know I mentioned it last episode, too, that I hope they have, like, a director's cut that's, like, an extra two hours long. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because at the end of the four hours, I was like, I need more. In fact, I texted you guys, didn't I? Yeah. I was like, I just finished it, and yeah. I need more. Actually, that's funny, because when it ended, I thought the same thing. When it faded, yeah. I was like, really? That's it? Yeah. That's how I felt. Yeah. I thought, wait, this can't be the end of it. Because it, it, I don't want to say it ended abruptly, yeah. but I felt like it was in the middle of a thought almost. Right, yeah. Like, wait a second, uh, there isn't supposed to be commercials yeah. here. Like, what's going yeah. on? Yeah, and literally it went, it cut to the, on the next American experience. Yeah. It's like, no, <laughs> no, this is not fair. American experience is funded by viewers like you. <laughs> well, Take my money. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man. Let us know if there's any type of special features on the DVD. We'll do. And if there isn't, that's a petition we're starting. Yep. Make a part two to this thing. <laughs> yep. You know, give us more. Yes. You know, and it, it's more Bob. When Gurr. we talked about, <laughs> we talked about it in the last episode, but uh, they did have unprecedented access to the archives. 
no one other than the actual Disney company has had that type of access to right. the archives. That's how they were able to use all this unseen footage and mm-hmm. all this other stuff that went on. So I like when they use the the sped up uh, video that you showed me before on YouTube where they're actually building Disneyland. Mm-hmm. That was oh, my favorite the, part. Time lapse. The time lapse. The time lapse. Oh, I loved it. You know what? That's another thing that I feel like Walt was kind of a marketing genius ahead of his time. Who would have thought to document hey, this? Let me document yes, what's happening as a time lapse. Exactly. Let me set up a camera and let this just happen. Just record. That, that's a good question, but Joseph needs to realize he was the first person of his kind to do this. So it's just like, well, who else would no. really think that? Nothing like this was happening at the time. That's true. Yeah. yeah. That's true. All right, guys. I think that's going to be it for this episode. Wait, Again. but there's so much more. <laughs> well, Such as? Okay. 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 Real quick. I, one of my favorite parts was. The next American experience. <laughs> Go on. No, let's end On it. the next Podcateers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you guys. <laughs> All right. So my favorite part was uh, Walt Disney's apartment, and he the the dude describing uh, his apartment above the what is it the, the fire firehouse. station the firehouse that all night he'd hear oh yeah I bet that drove him crazy. <laughs> I think after a while you just you probably don't you hear just, it. Yeah, you drown it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. All right, guys. Anything else before we close up shop this week? Um, you can probably still watch American Experience on the PBS website. Right below the video, there's a buy button. Just click it and buy it. It's like 20 bucks on DVD. Oh, or really? you can go to podcasters.com and click the Amazon button right nah. before you do that. I and like help that us idea. out as well <laughs> as helping American Experience. And it'll cost you exactly the same. Word. Hmm. Really? Can you do that? Yeah. Oh, oh, there you go. Because they're going to get paid either way through Amazon. Oh, yeah. Uh, so because it's the exact same price on Amazon and they're, I guess if you're buying it through them, maybe they get a little bit more. Mm. But if you buy it through Amazon, we get something. Yeah. <laughs> it's a oh, shameless okay. plug. Well, those who have already done so, thank you. I put those two pennies in my pocket. <laughs> they go to tacos. They, they do. do. <laughs> but today they went to Chinese food. The how'd taco you like, fund. How'd you Thanks, like the surprise? I, you know what? I was expecting a burger yeah. after you guys went out to a burger place. But it was a good surprise. Good. I'm happy. And it was delicious. All right, guys. It's more beer time for me. I know Mario's got to leave. Yeah, I got work. I don't know if you have to leave. Hmm. but you, you can't drink alone. Yes. Yes. Yes, you can. Yes, I can. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> All right, guys. Remember that if you are trying to find us on these social networks, we are facebook.com slash podcateers. We are at podcateers on Instagram and Twitter. Remember, we have a YouTube channel now. What? Uh, this last week, we ended up putting a quick two-minute recap of the Local Brews, Local Grooves show that we attended. Oh, it looks fantastic, by the way. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah, that. it's really good. Uh, this coming week, we plan on putting up the part two of that, which is going to be the extended vlog where we actually talk to a handful of the breweries, sample some of the beers that they had, and we're basically doing live reactions yes. you know, to, to all of them, which is really, really fun. And plus, I look um, very handsome. Do you? I, I look so good. Did you were on point. Yeah. You were seriously on point. On fleek. Yeah. So yeah, head over to youtube.com slash podcateers. Make sure to subscribe. Hit the thumbs up button on any of the videos that you like. If you need a way to listen to the episodes and you don't have an actual podcast app but you like YouTube, every week we're going to be putting up every episode on YouTube. You can add it to a playlist, have that 
automatically populate for you. Uh, subscribe to some of our friends, Disney for Two, uh, VJ, who joined us at the House of Blues. They have a YouTube channel where they post some of their visits to the park all the time. Just a bunch of good-looking guys. Where? <laughs> on these help videos. With, couldn't help but notice that I'm not in any of these videos when you say that. <laughs> it increased our good luck. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, no, you were in there. Remember when we did the Pringles thing? Oh, yeah. Uh, you guys should be good-looking by association, then. You see what I'm saying? By comparison, you guys just... <laughs> All right, Javier, Mario's got to get going. I have a special bottle of Modern Times that he cannot drink that we're going to enjoy. Boom. Until next week, everybody, here's to beers, cheers, and make it ears. Have a fantastic week. Bye for now. See you. What? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs>